The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Shreddy Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now, because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. And here we are back again. Hello, Victoria. Hi. I can tell you it's getting cold out. You know why? Why? I'm wearing pantyhose. Oh, <laughs> I no, hate pantyhose. It's... Even the kind with the toe support, I hate them. Yeah, but, but you need to wear them. Cold. Well, you know that. It's just because I'm so pale, too. Like, it, tan fat looks better than pale fat. You know how that goes? So I, I, I hide it with the pantyhose. How are you? I'm fine. You know, and you have to go to work and you have to dress up. It's great because when I have to go to work, I don't. <laughs> I can just wear jeans and hang out. I'm so jealous. Why aren't you working with dogs? They don't care what you look like. But you did dress up for the Hero Dog Awards. I you looked very did. nice. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I'm, I'm really not great at dressing up. I'm really, I don't so have right. what it takes. I, I, I just, I, something's always wrong <laughs> when I, when I try and dress up. My necklace was wrong for this, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. I went there. I felt good. And, of course, the Hero Dog Awards was amazing. And for those of you who don't know what the Hero Dog Awards, it was um, a ceremony that now happens, or an award ceremony that now happens every year in October, which celebrates dogs that have done incredible things for people. Wow. So this year we had eight finalists. So you can submit your dog to be one of the finalists for the hero dogs and gosh they had hundreds of submissions of people submitting their dogs um and you can either submit your own dog or you can submit somebody else's dog but your dog has to have done something like you you know Mm -hmm. there are various categories search and rescue or there's um dogs that are assistance dogs that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. we had everything from a police dog jinx which that was an amazing story and um Jinx, uh, this is one of the eight finalists that were actually at the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. Did Jinx, the dog come? The yeah, the dogs, come? most of the dogs came. Oh. Not all the dogs came, yeah, yeah. but most of them came. Well, Jinx was one of these finalists, and Jinx was, um, is, well, I suppose I should say was a police dog. Mm-hmm. And he, his owner, unfortunately, they were trying to apprehend a very dangerous criminal, and his owner was shot. Oh. And he tried to get his owner, who was a police a officer, police, yeah to safety by dragging the owner's pant leg and by dragging him back down the hill. Um, and unfortunately his, this, this police officer didn't make it, but it was because Jinx actually discovered where the, the perpetrator was, who was hidden in camouflage on the side of this hillside. Um, and he found him and actually outed him as it were. So the police could identify who he was, where he was, could get his position. But unfortunately before he could be, apprehended he did shoot and uh, he shot a couple of police officers and jinx's own he killed so that's an example of one of the hero dogs that was there um what, we, where's Jinx now? I know he's obviously retired, but who does he live with? Does he, he lives. Come? He lives with the family. He's oh. he lives with the the widow and um, their kids. And and uh, you know, when you hear these stories about these animals doing such amazing things for people, and you must never forget the handlers behind them, right? Uh, who are also putting their lives on the line for to, to help others. But then we had dogs out there as well that um, help people who have really chronic, chronic medical conditions, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then, of course, we had the hero dog who, and if you don't want to listen to hero, who the hero dog is, because you can watch it on the Hallmark Channel on November the 8th, okay? Oh, I want to write that down. November but if you 8th. don't want to know who won out of the eight finalists. Fast forward. Fast forward. <laughs> stop, block your ears, wear earmuffs, whatever. I'll give you two seconds to stop listening to this. I'm so excited to see this. Okay. Well, the 2012 American Hero Dog was specialized search dog Gabe. Oh. A beautiful yellow Labrador. Mm-hmm. And I met Gabe's owner and Gabe afterwards. And, uh, yeah, so we'll put, we'll put various pictures up of the Hero Dog Awards. Um, what did Gabe do? But Gabe was working out, uh, he's a bomb detection dog. So he's out there in, I think it was Afghanistan or was it Iraq? I'm sorry. I don't have all the details in front of me, but, and he went out and found, I think, 
I think he went on 240 searches wow. and he found 28 devices. <gasps> I mean, he's literally saving not just hundreds of lives, army lives, but civilian lives too. Wow. So that's, that's the, just a few examples of the dogs that were there. Is Amazing. he back home? Uh, does he? Did, yeah, he's did, retired now. So now they retired. So they do a tour and they come back or they do a Yeah, and now he's going into schools, actually. He's oh. going to schools and he's going to hospitals. He's teaching people about what he did. Yeah. And he's just, he's been, he's almost like a therapy dog now. Oh, that's great. So he's really spreading the love about what amazing things these animals do. So when you go to this evening, of course, uh-huh. everybody you have to wear waterproof mascara. Yeah, right. <laughs> because you are going, you're going to cry. Aww. And, uh, you know, what was even more special about this Hero Dog Awards was that Alex, my daughter, came. Oh. So she got to walk the red carpet She looked so great. Thank you. She did. She was, she She's chose beautiful. her dress and she really loved it. And I, I, her big, I think her finest moment was first of all, missing, meeting Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen oh. Chenoweth was, she was the MC for the night. Brilliant. Her. Very, very funny with her dog who apparently kept farting on stage. <laughs> um, you have to watch the, the, I'm watching the yeah, show. Please watch the show. So you'll see it. But, it was also, she was great because Kristen Chenoweth, obviously, was, she was the woman who played in Wicked. Right. Elf, not Elphaba, Glenda. Right. The and Good Witch. The Good Witch, and that's one of Alex's favorite musicals. So Alex must have been just so starstruck. She was meeting the woman who sang and played Glenda. Huge. Wow. But even now, we're on a par with that. She got a hug from Betty White. <gasps> I know. Is that amazing? So what is, so, okay, honestly, Betty White just seems, not only is she a, a funny lady, but she just seems such a true, genuine, I know she's an animal lover, but is she really? This woman exudes just warmth and love and compassion. Oh. She has time for everybody. You know, there are lots of stars that you meet that don't really have time. They're always looking for the next person or the more famous person that they can talk to. She's not like that. She's real. She's totally real. And she took, she said, can I have a hug? And she took Alex into her arms and gave her a genuine big hug. And Alex, you know, is a kid. She knows when people are lying. She knows when people don't really feel it. She hugged that woman right back. And it was just a lovely, lovely moment. So that was it. Alex was beaming from ear to ear. But then by about... She's 90. She's 90 years old. she looks phenomenal. And I love that she's got time. You know, you got these, you know, so-called celebrities in their 20s who don't have time for you. And a 90-year-old woman has time for you. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I think another thing, and I have to say, that the, the biggest male celeb that she saw and I'm afraid I don't know his name which is terrible oh do tell me maybe was one of the actors from Wizards of Waverly Place oh yeah no that's beyond I think he plays Selena Gomez's brother (gasps) isn't it terrible I don't know but he was there oh well she got her picture (laughs) taken with him well he well she was very embarrassed to go up to him so her father took her to go up to him oh and they had picture taken together very nice well you know what someday when alex is big and famous and beyond everything and still have time for everybody this guy will pull out that picture i had my picture taken with her once upon a time right yeah you will and i presented with ricky behrens do you know ricky behrens is i do not he he won america he was part of one of the relay races in fact he won a couple of races at this last year's olympics and the Olympics four years ago. Ricky Behrens was part of the swim team. Oh, wow. But, you know, there's uh, all the attention goes to, obviously, two of the swimmers. But we can't forget the rest of the people who were sm- swimming. Well, yeah. And Ricky Behrens was one of them. And he and, he and I presented an award. To, we didn't. We, we presented a tribute he's together. Very, he's very handsome. That's all I know from seeing that photo that you showed Are me. you kidding me? <laughs> and fit this match. I'm telling you, I was swooning a little bit. I, have I, to, no, I would have I, given you was. quarters to bounce off of him all night long just to see. Well, you could. I mean, with that rip. Um, not that I saw underneath his, his clothes. Right, no, we imagined. No, we just, we certainly did imagine. But you know what? I, I got to hold something very special of his. And now, <laughs> it does, it's not what everyone out there is going, oh my God, this is Victoria. It's not what you think. He had bought along his gold Olympic medal. Was it heavy? It was heavy. Yeah. I've never touched one of those things. <laughs> Out of context, this sounds like a, this podcast has taken a bad it's turn. Terrible! It's only twenty past <laughs> six in the evening, but this 
Oh my gosh, the, I was holding an Olympic medal, so I had my picture taken. We'll put that picture up as well. I, I was like a kid in a candy store. I love it. Um, uh, and next week, I'm actually. I'm so excited. I'm hosting, I'm emceeing an event at the governor's mansion, governor of Georgia, the governor, lieutenant governor, and the British general con- consular, consul general. I don't know the proper name. I'll figure it out before then. They're doing a um, uh, thank you and congratulations reception to all the Georgia Olympians and Paralympians. So I will hope to hold touch one of those things too. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, fun. I'll let you know. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's fun and it, it just... Oh, you know. I can't wait to see it. So again, you, November 8th, Hallmark Channel. Yeah, I was thinking it's kind of nice if I was 21 again. I know. In our minds, we can go there. <laughs> hey, listen, your husband's not here. My husband's not here. Let's talk freely. You know what I mean? Like we're in our cone of silence here. We're on our podcast cone of silence. Can we say anything <laughs> we want? Yes. No one's going to know. They're not going to know. I really did. I wanted to be 21 again. It was hot. First of all, you look 21 and no, it I didn't don't. matter. Yes. Okay. And for the record, I saw pictures of you. You're stunning. When you're... When you look like you, you could put on a burlap sack and people would go, oh my God, that's so phenomenal. It's like Heidi Klum, right? I put on something and they're like, oh, poor thing. No, but I saw a picture of you at this wedding of the century that you have to tell people about in the most stunning dress. Now, if I wore that dress... I don't, I would not have looked as stunning as you would because I just, uh, it was the fake tan. I, okay. Well, the fake tan did, it was beautiful, <laughs> but that Pamela dress, now that's a, that's a stunning dress. Well, I will tell you, and you know what? I don't have the name of the designer with me, but I am going to tell you cause I'm buying some more of his dresses. My, um, stylist, Shay Strager is phenomenal. She is, she's, she goes, she deals in New York. She's on CBS this morning in New York. She's here. She, um, got me this dress from this designer. Um, I'll send you a picture we can put up so you can see it. I'll find out the name of the designer. And actually I'm going to get a couple more black dresses. I'm going to actually keep from him. Um, but I did borrow this dress. It was like a blush color. So the whole night I'm like, if you're drinking anything darker than vodka soda, do not come near me. But, um, the wedding talk about being starstruck. The wedding was one of my best friends, Thomas Roberts, who is on MSNBC and he got married in New York to his partner, Patrick Abner. And I'm so excited and I'm proud of him that um, I'm very happy that he has been able to uh, legally marry somebody who's been with for 13 years. Wow. They have, um, you would love them. They have two of the best dogs ever, Riley, who's a black lab mix rescue. And they lived in LA for a little while. And uh, one day they were running actually down by the Hollywood Bowl and they saw a pit bull just running along the side of the highway and they were like, she's loose. She didn't have a collar. They called her over. She came over. She was sweet. They don't know where she, but they kept her and her name is Roxy and she's my little soulmate. Like every time I stay there, I stay with her. So, um, but they, uh, were married at the top of the Gansevoort in Midtown by Gavin Newsom. Now you want to talk about being starstruck. I was starstruck by Gavin Newsom. My husband kept saying to me, Holly, stop it. You're being a stalker. I was like, I want a picture with him. Um, if you don't know who he is, he was the mayor of San Francisco. He's now the Lieutenant governor of California and he's just very handsome and tall. But, uh, the greatest story is I'm going up in the elevator and I feel these hands all over me and I'm like, what do I turn around? It's Nate Burkus and Jeremiah from the Rachel Zoe project. And they love the dress as well. And I was like, no, I know I'm dressed well, but, um, it was there. Carson Cressley was there, although I did not purposely, I did not, uh, personally see him. There was sightings of him and I saw pictures after. I don't know how I missed him because I stalked every celebrity there. Um, who else uh, was there? I mean, there was a lot of Sam Champion was there, who actually, by the way, came out uh, at the wedding and wow. sign- right after, and he announced his uh, engagement to his long-term partner. And uh, Tamron Hall from MSNBC was there. Heidi Collins, who I used to work with at CNN, was there. Um, Asiye Namdar, who's a CNN international anchor, was there. It was really neat. It was just, I mean, it was like everywhere you looked, and it was beautiful people, beautiful. You know what I mean? I, I kind of almost felt like I was wedding crashing, <laughs> You know, when you're there and you're, look at all these people, but everyone was just amazing and nice and it was very cool. I'll send some photos, but just a really neat celebration. We've, we've really had a sort of celeb star studded couple of weeks. I know. Did I just name drop a lot? Oh no, you name drop away. We love it. We just, we just, we got it. In fact, let's just turn this podcast into a celeb gossip. I like it. Okay. So here's the dish. So, um, I saw pictures of Carson Kresley. He kind of, I think he got a little happy. He he was drunk and Gavin Newsom, he was very politician. He like, and he was shaking hands. He looked very plastic and, you know, wonderful, but you know, he's totally being the politician. I just wanted to undo his tie and let him let loose. Um, I mean, it was just like, it was fun to watch these people. Oh, Megan McCain was there. Bless her heart. John McCain's daughter. 
um, and Don Lemon, a good friend of mine who's an anchor on CNN. And um, Megan McCain, she's a beautiful girl. She's got just a very nice, nice, sweet girl. But God has gifted her um, with... Um, Say it, Holly, big bosoms. Yeah. The biggest boobs I've ever seen in my entire life. Bless her heart. She's beautiful. She's so nice and sweet. But I, I mean, like even everybody, all the gay men were like, wow, like nobody could, and so nice, so sweet. But you know, she wears the, she wears outfits that let you know that she, well, good. She's proud of them. You she know, why great. does, why, this is the, why do some women get the lion's share? Right. And other women, <laughs> i.e. me, we just get a little bit. It's not fair. You know, well, hey, sister, if I had big ones, I'd be showing them off too. And, well, let me tell you, I think I got your share of the rear end because <laughs> I got more than my share there and I would be more than happy to spread the wealth. Anyway. We're never um, happy with what we have. So now right. we're talking about celebrities, boobs and behind. Right. It's slowly going downhill. Um, so let's change the topic then to from, um, from assets to uh, dog bite prevention because... Uh, the other day I, um, did, you did an interview at CNN and I created a, a health minute about dog bite prevention. So as soon as we get that online, I'm going to put a link, but it was great information. Just a good reminder to people about how to be safe around dogs, especially that you don't know. Yeah. I went and did a talk to my daughter's brownie group mm-hmm. at her, at her brownie camp, which was uh, a week ago. And it's amazing how much children don't know, but not so much. You'd be, you're not surprised with that. But it's amazing how much parents don't know. Yeah. And when I do these 45 minutes talks, so they're fun, they're interactive, but the, the kids get a lot of great information and now they're safer because of mm-hmm. it. Right. And I always start by saying the dogs aren't out to bite you. They don't mm-hmm. want to bite you. you know, these, these dogs aren't out there thinking, okay, if a child runs past, I'm going to bite them. Most bites happen because dogs are just scared and insecure and it's lack of communication and they don't mm-hmm. understand. And, and so when kids learn how to read dogs and how to approach dogs and vice versa, a, a dog is going to understand them. So, I, it's really vital information because the week before that, I had been in Savannah, and I'd been in Savannah to a uh, the uh, uh, Schumann Elementary School, which is a school that uh, elementary school in sort of downtown Savannah, mm-hmm. and a little boy called Javon Robeson goes to school there, and last year he was severely mauled by two pit bulls while he was playing in the playground. Unfortunately, what happened was that these dogs were in a car, left in a car Mm. with an 11-year-old child. Oh, gosh. Whilst the owner went off, did something, and the child let the dogs out of the car. The dogs spied Javon and his sister and a couple of other kids playing in the playground dashed over the road and ran to where they were in the playground. And unfortunately, one of the dogs got him. Mm. And he tried to escape by going up the slide, and they grabbed him. Mm. And unfortunately, a lot of the injuries he suffered were around the head area, the face, Mm. the neck. Now, there were two people who I met there, um, two people who I met at the school who had also come to see my talk. My talk was to the whole elementary school. And these were the two guys that had saved Javon, that had gone mm-hmm. over and tried to pull the dog, which was a pit bull. Now, I'm not saying all pit bulls do this, so please, this is not an anti-pit bull thing, but unfortunately... That these, was the breed. That yeah. was the breed that attacked Javon. And they took this dog off Javon and... Uh, took a long time but then this dog tried to get back onto Javon and tried wow. to attack him again so they really put their their lives on the line for that and then the two people who had come along in the ambulance to come and help him and literally saved his life mm-hmm. because he was on a breathing tube for eight hours were also there at my talk so mm-hmm. it really was it was a talk to say to the kids look this doesn't happen every day this is a rare incident but we just want you to be aware this, this is how amazing dogs are. This is the amazing things that dogs do for us. And this is how you communicate with them. This is how you understand them. And that pit bulls, there are great pit bulls. And there are some not so great pit bulls mm-hmm. as there are great dogs of every breed and some dangerous dogs of every breed. So I really wanted to bring it out to 
these kids about how to be safe. But it was also to recognize Javon mm-hmm. because Javon's getting picked on. He has scars all over his face. He's mm-hmm. lost a lot of his teeth. Now, he is getting medical help, but not the amount of medical help that he needs. And there are things going on there that need to be changed in his home life in order to be able to get him the attention that has been offered. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he won't be able to have sort of civ- skin grafting, plastic surgery, really till he's 18 mm-hmm. because they've got to wait till the skin stretches. So this yeah. boy is severely scarred. So of course, he's getting picked on. Mm. So it was calling out Javon in front of the whole school, and which he wanted right. uh, to say, look, this kid is very, very courageous. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how, how you look. It doesn't matter whether you're black or you're white, because this is an all-black school. There are a few white kids there, but mostly black school. You know, if nobody wants to be discriminated against because of their, their color, mm-hmm. nobody wants to be discriminated because of their age, their race, their sex, and nobody should be discriminated because of the way they look. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids were amazing. I just have to say <laughs> the kids were amazing. And it was all set up by Javon's advocate, who's a lady called Cher- um, Cheryl LeBon, who runs an organization for abused and, abat- uh, and uh, domestic women who face domestic abuse called Women of Wisdom. Now, that group had caused a lot of, a lot of strife in Savannah because Cheryl LeBon was leading a the fight to ban pit bulls because it was an emotional reaction of what happened to Javon. But she made her decision a couple of weeks ago to change her mind about it because, as she said, she is doubly discriminated against. She is a black woman. She is a woman, Mm -hmm. you know. And she said to me, she said, why am I discriminating against a breed of dog when I understand what discrimination means by your look. Yeah. So she said, you know, I, I really, I needed education and I've mm. got education. And so she can stand up there proud saying, look, I was wrong. There are some dangerous pit bulls, but there are some great pit bulls. So let's just make this law, change this law. So it just addresses dangerous dogs per se mm-hmm. and doesn't concentrate on breed. And I thought that was very, very brave of her. Mm-hmm. And I met some of the women of wisdom from her group. These incredible women that have been through such strife. So anyway, that's a long, long story, wow. um, but though. we are doing the National Dog Bite Awareness Conference in Denver. It's going to be on November the 2nd, 2012. We are asking everybody to come. We did this one in Atlanta in May, but we are asking everybody, dog owners, educators, veterinarians, first responders, animal control, medical professionals, um, trainers, shelter workers to come to this conference. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost a lot. It's a full day. I'll be speaking there. We have our canine aggression expert um, and former police officer, Jim Crosby. We have an attorney, Claudine Wilkins. We have a family of a child who was killed by a dog coming to speak. We've got all these incredible people speaking. It's going to be an amazing day. Please sign up. If you want to have more information and you want to sign up, go to denverdogbiteseminar.com. Or if you want to sign up, you can also go to positively.com, go to our homepage. There'll be a link there um, and and sign up and come along and you can meet me. And I think it's going to be a really, really great seminar because it's also, if you've got an aggressive dog or you want to know how right. to train aggress- an aggressive dog, then we're going to give you some great information. And that's always, it. I'm not going to talk anymore. No, no, no. It's good. It's also good to know because you never know when you're going to ha- I mean, I have a really sweet coon hound who turned a little aggressive at one point before we put him on Prozac. And I never knew that he was going to be aggressive. He was a sweet little puppy. So it would help to know that information. That's yeah. good to know. And um, speaking of helping, um, uh, you and I have a pizza. We do. <laughs> and we went just from that very inspiring story to Holly saying, you and I have a pizza. You know where my brain is, but no. It was tasty as well. I know. So um, Max's Cold Oven Pizza, if you're in the Atlanta area, um, this is a great idea. And this is for anybody who has... Um, you know, anybody, if, no matter where you are around the country, uh, talk to some of your local restaurant shop owners. It might be a really cool idea to do um, because Victoria has the Victoria Stowell Foundation where you raise money for uh, supportive canine assistance, dogs who, you know, special dogs who help working dogs and also for small dog rescues. Not small dog rescues, but dog rescues that are small, that are small. not huge 
uh, rescue uh, places uh, that need the extra help and need the money. And so um, Max's Cold Oven Pizza here did a great thing. They've got uh, five local celebrities, and they had us create pizzas um, that we wanted, you know, any pizza we wanted to dream up of. And then $4 from the sale of each pizza goes to a foundation of our choice. And there's sort of a little competition amongst us. Uh, One uh, woman, Jennifer Brett, who I absolutely adore, she writes the peach buzz for the AJC, the, you know, out and about what's happening. And Jessica Dollar, who has Jessica Shops and... There's one of the Atlanta Falcons has a pizza. And so our pizza, Vic and I have a pizza, and all of the proceeds are going to the Victoria Stillwell Foundation. And uh, supposedly we're one of the top sellers, if not the top seller right now. But it's a veggie pizza, of course. No animals were harmed in the making of this pizza. And um, it's artichokes and feta cheese and Kalamata olives and uh, what else is on there? Mushrooms, onions, and white wine drizzle. It's delicious. And olive oil. It was very good. It's absolutely So if you're in Atlanta, come to Max's uh, Coal Oven Pizza. It's right downtown by CNN on Marietta because... If you buy a pizza and $4, go, we win. I want to win. It's more about, it, it's, it's about raising money, but I'm not going to lie. I want to win. So people, <laughs> that's it. That's your next, when you, when you next right. go out, please go to the pizza place, eat our pizza. And for the record, if anybody does work for a place that can help me lose all this weight because it ends in the end of October and I'm going to have to eat pizza every day until then so I can win this for you and we can win together for the, uh, for the dogs and cats. So, um, if I have to eat pizza every day, I'm going to be big as a house, but that's fine. Um, anyway, so that, that's kind of cool and I'm excited about that. So we'll keep everybody posted and see at the end of the month and we'll see who wins. We're going to win, totally win. Um, and one last thing, cause I know we're just going on and on and on, but how's eHow Pets going? eHow Pets is great. There's some great new videos all about impulse control, yeah. how you teach your dog or your puppy impulse control. Impulse control is all about self-control. How you teach your puppy or even your older dog how to be controlled around food, around mm. toys, how to give up toys, how to play games appropriately, all that kind of stuff. Really important. Um, the videos up there about how to prevent resource guarding. Oh, you, which my dog does. I know yeah, very well. Yeah. And, and, and there's a major problem. It can be a very dangerous problem yeah. as well. So how to prevent that in your puppy or your dog. If you get a, a new dog from a, a rescue shelter or something, how you set your dog up for success. So all, there's loads of great videos. And uh, just go to eHowPets, youtube.com slash eHowPets, and you'll see them all up there. Plus, the video of Detroit Dog Rescue that has just been put up is getting thousands. I think we're up to 10,000 views already. Oh, it's only been up for four days. But wow. it's about my time when I spent uh, three days with Detroit Dog Rescue. And wow. And Hush. Yeah. And Hush, who is a rapper there and uh, did a lot of work with Eminem. And uh, continues to do his music, but also is the founder of Detroit Dog Rescue. So it was really, really an amazing three days. And uh, yeah, I mean, just see viewer discretion advisors, not for kids. Right. And we, uh, we talked to Hush a couple of podcasts ago. So you can go back to one of our earlier podcasts this season in season three here and listen to the interview with Hush if you want to know the details about the making of that video. And let me tell you, eHow Pets, when I go and look up your um, videos and I see the videos on how to, you know, like for instance, you know, impulse control and all that, it works on my husband too. So I'm just saying that there's, it's multi-purposeful. So anyway, um, good advice. Good to know. So, um, let's get to some questions. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard or genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they, they physically miniaturize the dog or is it a puppy or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. All right, we have a full mailbox, Victoria. So let's get to the Ask Victoria questions. And I want to start in Cheshire, England. Cheshire, UK. Oh, it's beautiful there. Where, Where is, is it? There? No. Up near Manchester. So we're in the Midlands. Yeah. Coming up in, yeah, up north. Manchester United was my team. Oh, was it? I love it. When I lived over there, yes, Ah. I loved it. I went to a couple games. It was awesome. Okay, but this is from Deborah Wilshaw, who probably has nothing to do with Manchester United. Um, She says, we have a 10-week-old Wheaton Terrier who nips all of the time when she wants to play. My 13-year-old daughter is too frightened to be with her now. We've tried yelping like another puppy would, putting her in another room, et cetera, et cetera. Please help. That's pretty good, though. She knew to yelp like another puppy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yelping actually just encourages the dog to do even more. No, I've I've used yelping on a lot of pups and 
it works because they go ooh <laughs> did i hurt you um some dogs some some other puppies get kind of excited when you do that oh, like, oh yay playtime <laughs> and makes it makes them do it even more so what i do is like general rule biting nipping stops play that's it so when you're playing with your dog and no rough mm-hmm. play with a puppy no rough play at all especially for for your younger daughter but when you're playing let's say you're playing with a toy or you go to pet or, or whatever and your dog puts mouth on skin or clothes you immediately just go bup, and get up and walk away you take yourself out of the room mm-hmm. shut the door Make make an issue out of it. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a visual marker that you got up and you left. As soon as that mouth goes on your skin or clothes, it's got to be within the second of that mouth being on your skin and clothes. You're up and you're out. Wait for about five to ten seconds. Come back into the room. Resume play. If it happens again, repeat it. What happens, certainly as puppies get bigger, is that if that hasn't worked sometimes puppies like to follow a nip as the Mm -hmm. person goes out so make sure there's an your puppy's on a leash and there is another person that's just there you don't have to be holding the leash but is there to take the leash if your puppy follows you to nip at you Mm -hmm. so it's a two-person thing but really pups they love playing and they can make the association pretty quickly mm-hmm. that they hurt you and you got up and you left. But if they don't put their mouth on you, the play continues. So most puppies, it doesn't take long. Now, there are some trainers out there who say that a little bit of pressure is fine and that you can teach your puppy or your dog good bite inhibition by teaching them what kind of pressure is okay on your skin or on your clothes. But I say any mouth on your skin or clothes is that's it. No, because what is acceptable pressure? What is acceptable pressure for an adult Mm -hmm. might not be acceptable pressure for a child. Right. And I don't want a dog to end up in the shelter or a child to get hurt because the dog mouthed them too hard, got over aroused, got too excited, too stimulated during play and used their mouth roughly. So I just have a no mouthing rule. What about, you know, with dogs, they're teething, obviously, like we are when we're little, we teeth. Excuse me. So what about, you know, if they want to, you know, then they have that, that need to sort of chew. And so is there a a toy that you can play with that can you let them chew on one end of a toy while you hold the other end? Is that okay? Yeah, I love that kind of interactive playing is great. And I would encourage you to do that. Not too rough, though, because Mm -hmm. when dogs get too excited, that's too rough. That's when they start to mouth and use their mouths harder. Um, redirect all of that desire to mouth onto something appropriate like a toy. And there are some great durable rubber toys. I don't say that uh, I wouldn't recommend you at this stage, certainly for a young puppy, to be using soft toys because they can easily ingest stuffing and ingest, um, oh gosh, there's so many toys out there mm-hmm. with eyeballs that come out, you know, that your right, dog right. can swallow. They're awful. But with these really hard, durable toys, especially designed for puppies and for puppy teeth, uh, get a whole load of those and use them once a day. And when you finished with that toy at the end of the day, put it away and then don't use it for for about, you know, let's say five days or a week so that the toy always remains interesting. And a couple of new toys a day, you know, you're redirecting your dog's chewing onto something else because pups do need to chew. They explore the world with with their mouths exactly like a human baby everything goes in the mouth same with the dog so give them that outlet that they can chew on something appropriate also what i do because sometimes it's uncomfortable uncomfortable especially when the adult teeth are coming through to put there's some great teething things that you can get rather like you can get for a baby that you can put in the freezer you can get them for dogs put the toy in the freezer and uh, then you've got that nice cold against those gums after when the teeth have come in around sort of, I mean, sometimes four to five months, sometimes it takes six months. It takes a while for those teeth to set into the jaw. So you might have a second chewing phase at around eight to nine months. Sometimes people find that that happens. So again, good, hard, durable rubber toys are the way to go. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, don't you have some 
trainers in that area in case she's interested? Yeah, I always say, and certainly with puppies, taking them to a puppy class is so good to learn right. bite inhibition. So if you've got a socialization class or puppy play group, take them. Because then puppies teach each other, ow, that was too hard. And it's great for socialization, which you should be doing with your pup anyway. Right. I've got some, some great trainers near Cheshire around the area. There's Stephen Dernan at School for Paws, and he's in Nantwich. And, of course, you know, these trainers travel. So if they're not right in Cheshire, they're near there. Um, Emma Collings, again, from School for Paws. She's based in uh, Oistry, Shropshire. I I've love got, the names you have over there. I know, isn't it great? <laughs> There's Joe Pay in Standish, Lancashire, <laughs> and Jason Devereaux from, uh, and um, sorry, Joe Pay is Standish dog trainer. And Jason Devereaux is simply dog behavior, and he's in Rochdale, Lancashire. So all of these trainers travel. <laughs> we have towns like Smyrna and I Ableton. <clears throat> isn't it great? Um, yeah. So anyway, we've got some great trainers over there. Contact them, please. Because it's really well worth the investment. Okay. Um, here's a question from Reno, Nevada. I want to, you know, we've, we've always talked about we're going to give equal time to cats. And I know at some point we want to talk to maybe someone who knows cats, like, you know, reads their minds and the cat trainer and all that stuff. But you know cats just as well. Um, and this is Dennis and Gigi McKinnon from Reno, Nevada. And they have an old cat. She says, we have an old cat that seems to have forgotten how to use her box. She's 16. Sometimes she will stand in the box and urinate outside it. But most of the time, she will just get close to the bathroom where her box is, stop, and urinate wherever. She's ruining our carpet. We've tried everything from putting plastic around the box and in the area she's been urinating to escorting her when we see her headed that way. I know she's getting close to her life cycle and do not want to put her down. Do you have any suggestions to help? First of all, do not put her down just because she's old. No. That would be the worst thing ever. Um, I had this problem. I had a 20-year-old cat, Ricky, who was doing the same thing. I think that's just pretty common. I think I, I thought Ricky, and I might be wrong, but I thought he was in the litter box. He was a big cat anyway, but he was in the litter box, and he didn't really realize. I think his depth perception was gone, that his, his rear was hanging out, and he was peeing on the outside. What I did was I took puppy pads instead of plastic, and I put them around the litter box and wherever he, you know, to be honest with you, in the whole room there, so that if he even got into the room where the litter box was, um, I put the puppy pads there because plastic doesn't absorb the urine and they can walk in it and it can spill, but the puppy pads, and I would change them every day. And I also put more litter boxes around the house because sometimes he couldn't get to it because they're incontinent or he got confused and he couldn't find it. So I made sure to have litter boxes all over with the puppy pads. So that worked for me. Look, you've but... totally answered the question. <clears throat> oh, First I'm of like all, a trainer. Yeah, no, you're perfect. First <laughs> of all, it's absolutely right <clears throat> if you take me. this cat to the veterinarian. Of course, it's obviously yeah. it, potentially age um and then incontinence you know and there's cognitive decline as well so that um it's very 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 common but there could be kind of a kidney infection stone cystitis right. you don't know so you must take your cat to for a full medical examination just to make sure cats certainly older cats really do suffer from um renal failure as well and start to pee more and they start to drink more so that's something you you've got to take into account i i love the whole pads around the the um litter box no scolding the cat at all the cat can't help it and i love the fact that you said that you introduce more litter boxes i yeah. think you have to you have to give more options because the cat's not being able to move as fast or uh, you know suddenly all of a sudden you might need that urge to go and it's, there's got to be a litter box close to there um Sometimes cats get a real aversion to their litter boxes because oh. they have pain or if they have cystitis or they have some kind of kidney pain when they're in the act of going or a urine infection, um, then they associate the litter box with pain. So therefore, then they don't want to use it anymore. And that's where they oh. start to urinate or defecate outside. So number one is the trip to the vet. And if the vet gives your cat the all clear, then it is more litter boxes, putting pads around the area and cleaning up really well with a special cleaner that cuts the enzymes in the urine that gives it that real ammonia smell because normal household cleaners just don't do it. They don't get right, the urine. And right. of course, once a cat or a dog has smells where they last went, then if it still smells of urine, then they're just going to redo it. Um, this isn't a marking problem. This this cat is not having a marking problem. This this is definitely just old age. Yeah, I think a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people go through that with older cats. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that will help. 
And, um, you know, she says she's getting to the close to the, to her life cycle, but at mm-hmm. 16, my cat lived till 20. So you may have a few more years yes. left. So we'll get wooden floors, mind you. That's still, <laughs> still not so great. Okay. Okay. So here's one from Robin and this says, Victoria, I have a three-year-old Lakeland Terrier that chases cars and bites at the tires. Is there any way to break him of this habit? He's normally connected to a pet cable when outside because he also will not come to me if he's not either on the cable or leash. I'm desperate to break him of these two bad habits. I've been watching your show for a long time and have adopted a lot of your training methods, which have really worked. I would appreciate any suggestions you have. I look at that and knowing you, I see the first big problem there. <laughs> What's the dog <clears throat> being doing, tying, being tied out on a cable? Where does this leash. woman live? Uh, it just doesn't say where she is. Okay. You know, when you tie dogs out and there are tethering laws now more and more in more states and more cities around this country there are anti-tethering laws which means that you cannot tether your dog outside when you leave your dog out in the front yard and this is i'm talking front yards now because this is what obviously where this is happening because this dog is chasing cars and biting the tires which is just bad um you are just causing frustration and actually the sort of the the, the front yard barker is an all too familiar sound, as right. is the front yard chaser um, and the front yard dog on the tether. When dogs are on tethers, just because a dog's outside doesn't necessarily mean the dog's having a good time or is being entertained. So that the dog finds its own entertainment. And one of that, <laughs> one of forms of entertainment are barking at people mm. or cars or bikes as they go by or chasing what's more fun to spend a boring day than chasing things so you're actually making a chasing behavior even worse by tethering your dog outside the only time i i i know and i'm not saying i believe because i know that it is safer to have a dog outside is when you have a fenced-in yard, a solid fence that your dog can't get under or can't get over. I know that some homes you can't have fences around them. Don't get an invisible fence, whatever you do, mm-hmm. because invisible electric fences, even though the marketing is so clever, it says this is going to give freedom to your dog. Your dog is going to enjoy it. It's peace of mind for you. Your dog's completely safe. The sad fact is that either your dog is going to get severely traumatized by the shock that it yeah. receives from the electric shock collar that it wears around its neck, or yours is going to be one of the thousands of thousands of dogs that break through their electric fence every day because either the fence malfunctions in some way or the dog sees something on the other side that is so alluring that it breaks through the fence and goes through the shock anyway but then it's too scared to go back to the home because of the shock that it received so loads of dogs are found wandering especially around my neighborhood with shock collars around the necks wow because they've broken through their fence and lots of dogs that are in the front yard on cables tethers or behind invisible fences are getting stolen. They're getting stolen. And guess what? They're either going to be sold. If they're a purebred, they're going to be sold or they're going to be used as bait for dog fighting Mm -hmm. or they're going to be used in medical research. And if you think that's far fetched, I'm afraid it's happening. It's happening in every city in this country. Mm -hmm. Animals are getting stolen for medical research. So take your cable tethered dog inside Only have your dog out when it's on the leash, when you're actually actively taking your dog either out to toilet or on a walk. Now, this behavior is obviously happening when she's taking the dog on the leash as well. So you have to give the dog something else to do. The dog wants to chase, okay, bottom line. So I like to give the dog something to chase, but in an appropriate way. So in my backyard or in a fenced in area, or even in the home, if you've got a large room, I have what is toy called toy on the stick. Toy on the stick is like a lunging. It's like a lunging whip. And at the end of the lunging whip, you tie a toy and you whirl it around. And dogs that love chasing things, love to chase this toy at the end of the stick. And, um, what, what this does is that it, it enables the dog to chase, okay, to get all of its desire to chase things out on something appropriate. But also it teaches the dog impulse control because the dog's not allowed to chase until I say it can. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I teach the dog to sit 
or stand and wait. And then it can only chase the toy on my cue, which is go chase or whatever, whatever word you want to do. And so I actually set this up, not just with the toy, but then I go and I have friends that help me. I'll do this with a bicycle. Wait. I don't want the dog chasing the bicycle, but I'll set up with a friend. So wait. Okay. Now you can go chase. This is, I know right. it's strange and it's kind of going against what you should be teaching a dog. I don't have it doing with cars. I have to say it's dangerous, yeah. but, but anyway, when you have your dog, when you teach your dog to chase bicycles, this is the thing, but then you teach your dog that you can only chase a bicycle on your queue. You have a dog that listens to you when you say you can't chase that bicycle. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when yeah. I teach barking dogs to bark, I teach them the barking dogs to bark. I reinforce the barking. So then I then teach them to stop. It's the same thing. I teach dogs to chase bicycles because then I teach them not to chase bicycles. It does make sense because you get it? It, yeah, okay. absolutely. You can't do it. You can't do it with cars, obviously. So then I mm. teach that I'll make the dog sit and wait as the car goes past. Mm -hmm. And then instead of the chasing the car, or if it's a real bicycle, instead of chasing that bicycle, I either just give them a food reward and say good, or I'll have my little toy on a stick because I have a big toy on a stick and the little toy of a stick and we'll have a game of tug or they can chase the toy on the end of the stick that I actually take with me on a walk. Or we can just have a game with a tug toy. Mm -hmm. Or even just elaborate praise, you know, and yeah. loving on the dog. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm choking here. Um, just loving on the dog because I know that my dog um, was doing that. And just, the, you know, he loved when I, good boy, and hugging him and loving him and getting all excited for him. And then he focused on me and then we kept walking. Yeah. And that helped. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about um, dogs that are tethered to. Are they, are, do they feel threatened also? I mean, is that an issue? Can does that play into it at any point? Yeah, they do. You know, a lot of this barking, a lot of this is defensive behavior. They, you know, when, when you've got a dog on a tether, they feel restrained. They don't have, uh, when the dog is on a tether or on a leash, they don't have the ability to act naturally. You're thinking for them. Mm -hmm. So there's not much place where they can go. They can either, um, you know, when a dog feels frightened of something and it's not on a leash, they can increase distance by running away it's or going like to somewhere fight or flight. where they feel safe. Exactly. Yeah. But when it's on a leash, it can't. So what's the only other option is left is to, to be defensive. And so that's why a lot of dogs are defensive at the end of leashes or at the end of tethers. That's why a lot of children uh, and people that go up to tether dogs get bitten mm -hmm. because the dog is frustrated. And they feel vulnerable. Exactly. And so, you know, that's their only other method of defense. So you have to be careful, but it sounds like this dog just likes chasing. Yeah. And when you just, leave your dog in the front yard and it rehearses the chasing behavior again and again and again and again, you're just making that behavior more deeply ingrained and that behavior is going to be more resistant to change. So that's why you have to use management and training options. Okay. Here's a question from Lori in Pensacola, Florida. She says, my three-year-old male unneutered dachshund Jack Russell mix has recently begun peeing inside when I leave, even when the dog door is left open. He's also <clears throat> started growling at me sometimes when I love on him. I send him to his bed when he does this. He has always been lovable and well-behaved. What can I do or did I do? I want my happy boy back. I see two warning signs of yeah. that, and I'm a novice. Well, first of all, this dog is unneutered. Why is oh. it unneutered? Is it a breed? You know, are you a show dog owner? <clears throat> no, it's well, but it's a Dachshund Jack Russell mix. Oh I well, it's imagine. not a show dog owner. There no. you go. Oh, please neuter your dog. It's, isn't it more comfortable? Not only is it healthier oh. for them, but isn't it more comfortable for them? I don't know whether it's more comfortable. It just, you know, a, a dog that hasn't been neutered is wanting to do what unneutered dogs want to do, which is to procreate. Mm -hmm. And so they smell a bitch in heat or, and remember the dog's sense of smell is way superior to ours. So there might not be a bitch living next door to you, but sure, it can smell it down the road. You know, they're in a constant state of, scanning their environment like, to find you know like it living just, with a teenage a boy right exactly just take them off <coughs> take right. those noogies off <laughs> um there's no there's no reason for them anymore right um and you shouldn't be breeding and your dog anyway you don't so. want accidents no and you know get rid of that well, whole idea of testicular cancer i mean you know you're not right. going to get testic your, your dog is not going to get testicular cancer if you take his gonads off
<laughs> I mean, see all true. kinds of work. No, it's very true. That we, well, we early, yeah, we talked about and it. And the other thing is <clears throat> sending him to his bed for growling. His yeah. bed isn't his bed. is supposed to be a place where he feels comfortable. Don't use the place where he feels comfortable and safe as the place to put him when he's done something wrong because then it's going to build up a negative association with his bed. Right. Put him for a timeout somewhere else. Now, but here's the thing. Before we even get to timeout, why is he growling? Now, there are some dogs that are touch sensitive. And if this behavior has suddenly started, I always, again, look for medical explanation. Certainly with Dachshunds, my first thought is their back. Mm. Is the dog somehow in pain? And when it's being touched, he's then growling because he's feeling pain at being touched. So... When you have any kind of breeder dog that suddenly is showing aggressive behavior like that, you take them to the veterinarian. Get a full medical checkup. Make sure that he's not suffering pain on any part of his body and pay a particular attention to the Dachshund's long back because so many Dachshunds are aggressive that I've been called into that have been aggressive and have been showing aggressive and w- aggression. And why? It's because these poor dogs are in pain. They take them to the veterinarian. The dog got a slip disc or some kind of back problem. And... Um, that's the first thing. Some dogs are just really touch sensitive and they can develop this touch sensitivity. So it doesn't matter if you've had your dog for two years and it was fine being touched. Then one time you touched him and he felt a little bit of either itching or, um, cause dogs are ticklish too, mm-hmm. or, or, or pain. And then there you go. Now we have, okay, I don't really want to touch you, you to touch me because I remember when you touched me and that didn't, that hurt. That didn't feel good. So can you remember a situation like that? Did it just literally just happen overnight? Was there some kind of incident attached to that that now makes him slightly aversive? If it's literally the dog is medically sound, there's nothing wrong with it at all, but it's a behavioral thing, can you link it to any kind of trauma happening to it, any kind of scenario where you maybe overpunished your dog and your dog doesn't trust you anymore? Or um, is your the way you're touching your dog, is it tickling him? Or really, is he just saying, you know, I don't want to be touched? Or is he controlling? Now, a lot of people, a lot of the old style trainers, God bless them. I could say something rather worse, <laughs> but I won't. Um, <clears> say <throat> we'll that when that. a dog growls, when you touch them, it's being dominant. Oh, boy. No. You know, oh, come on. How many of us have had a bad day and snapped at somebody? That doesn't oh, make you a horrible person. Sometimes yeah. you're, sometimes dogs go through moods. They're tired or they're hungry. Yeah. Or they've been touched by hundreds of people. You've got a big family and the, your kids touched it. Your husband's touched it. You've touched it. Then your other child comes and touched it. And the dog eventually says, just back off. No <laughs> they need more. some space and time. Exactly. That can happen too. The dog's not being dominant. Please, everybody. Your dogs are not trying to overtake you or your household. He's just saying, I don't want to be touched. And there's a reason for it. Um, So if everything's fine and a dog's not overwhelmed and space, then I do one touch and treat. One touch and treat. One touch and treat. Leave the dog alone. Don't touch it at all for the rest of the day. Next time I go and touch the dog to put the leash on, one touch treat. One touch treat. Put the leash on, take the dog out for a walk, come back, take the leash off, treat. I begin to really build up the fact of me touching the dog as as being something positive, something for the dog to look forward to. And you use the real jackpot reward. You use the real chicken or the real something that your dachshund loves. You build up um, that whole idea that being handled is fine. And I think if you do that, if you back away from your dog completely, if it's just behavioral in nature, you back away from him completely. And if he comes up to you even and wants attention, say hi, but don't touch him. And then gradually build up the touch again over a period of days, weeks, maybe months, if your dog really doesn't like being handled. And gradually build it up. But don't just be stroking your dog or force yourself on your dog. If your dog does growl, respect the fact that your dog is warning you. Mm-hmm. Your dog didn't bite you. Don't tell your dog off for growling. And again, a lot of people go, you're crazy. Why? My dog shouldn't be, dog shouldn't be growling at me. But your dog is actually showing real bite inhibition by growling at you and warning you rather than going straight to bite. So go, okay, what did I do to cause that growl? Back off and go, okay, I got you, buddy. I got it. Leave your dog alone. If he comes up to you, say, good boy. That's it. Just leave him alone. Um, mostly with these touch-sensitive dogs, though, that become touch-sensitive, it is because 
something happened either behaviorally or behaviorally or medically get those noogies off if you have to take him to a timeout just to calm him down five minutes or a couple of minutes in a bathroom secluded away just a little bit of calm down make sure your dog has space and hopefully the issue is going to go away that was a long answer but that was a good answer too you learned it's just you know you realize so much more how much animals and dogs are like people they have moods too they're not just one size fit all they're not just this thing that sits in the corner and wants to eat and play and run and lick you or whatever they they actually have emotions they have moods they have feelings and do you always want to be touched or manhandled no there's times when you say i need some do you always want people wanting a piece of you do you say i need five minutes of peace it's the same thing with a dog we expect our dogs to be so emotionally stable and we aren't like that we hold these huge expectations for these animals, yet we can't follow them ourselves, can we? Right. So really find out why your dog is doing this, and then you can work hard to rectify it. And if you can't, find a positive reinforcement trainer in your area. A positive reinforcement trainer uses humane techniques to teach your dog and to discipline your dog. A lot of people think positive reinforcement trainers don't use discipline. Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. We use discipline to guide a dog into making better choices rather than instilling fear. There is a big difference. It's the same thing. I, I look at it like, how would you raise your children? Would you be constantly, would you push your child to the ground and, you know, and lay on him and say, okay, until you stop, you know, having a little hissy fit? No, you, you have to teach them consequences. It's the same thing. Would you do it to your child? Then don't do it to your dog. I have just <clears throat> this darn book that has now finished and is now that's it. Away at the printers. It's being done. It's coming out March 2013. That's right around the corner. <laughs> In my book, I say, and again, some people, I'm saying not all people, I'm saying some people when I say this. When I liken raising dogs to raising children, some people get very angry. How dare you can say that dogs are like children? Or when I say, if you've got your shock collar or your prong collar or choke collar, do you have kids? Yes, I do. Well, would you use a shock collar, prong collar, choke collar on your children? Well, absolutely not. I wouldn't use them. Well, your child um, has, uh, your dog is, has the cognitive abilities of a two-year-old child. You know that, don't you? Your dog has the same physiological responses to feelings of feelings emotions and pain as your child does that it's the same there's no difference and because dogs have the cognitive ability now that we know that uh, dogs have the cognitive ability of a two-year-old child now that we have that knowledge now we have concrete proof is it still okay to use techniques punitive techniques on dogs shock collars prong collars, choke collars. I think if you use them on your dog, you need to be prepared to use them on your child too. That'll change a lot of minds, don't you think? <clears throat> a lot of people are angry with me, but you know what? <laughs> it's just the way it is. I think I, I, I'm, I'm behind you 100%. I think Thank you're you. absolutely right. Absolutely right. Sorry, I've been choking so much. I'm getting over a cold. Oh, so no, I apologize please, you hear this us. in the background, but I'm good. Okay. Um, let's do one more question here. And this is Don George from Livermore, California. And Don says, we adopted a dog, Dixie, and she's afraid of men. I've heard this a lot from people. Uh, she's really afraid of my husband. They had an incident where she was being shy to come outside. So he came over and tried to pick her up and she nipped him and he got mad and chased her around the house and caught her to toss her outside. Now she's really afraid and runs to her room to hide. What can we do to help her and make her not afraid? You know, this whole conversation Gosh. we just had about how you treat your animal, you should treat your child. So let me ask you this. If your child didn't want to respond to you, would you pick them up and throw them out the door? I mean, like that just, to me, it's like, but you know, but, but it's a dog, Holly. People <clears throat> think that they can get away with it because it's an animal. It's just an animal. It's just a dog. Okay. Gosh. Dogs have emotional memories mm -hmm. like people do. Okay. Fact. That's just it. All right. Fact. It takes one fear memory for a lifetime of that fear. Fact. Okay. Um, fact if you are associated with that fear that dog will never forget it so because he got angry 
because whatever his manly feelings were insulted or he was angry, of course, the dog nipped at him. And it is, I'm not just saying because he's a male, I'm saying it's a very normal reaction to when a dog mm-hmm. nips at you or bites you. It's how dare you do that to me? And his anger came out and he, then he just made the whole situation a lot he worse. He validated that dog's fear. Absolutely. Didn't he just, he picked it up and put it outside. <laughs> right. So now the dog goes, well, sod you, mate. I, I don't want to be anywhere near you. And you know what? That dog is quite right. So the only thing that this guy has got to do is either move out or if he's going to stay in, stay there, stay living there. He has got to do everything in his possible power to build, rebuild the relationship with this dog. And it's mm. going to take a while. And it's going to take all your patience because that time when you let yourself get angry now, you are going to spend so much time trying to revamp your connection with this dog. And it means you're the one that's going to walk the dog. You're the one that's going to feed the dog. You're the one that's going to be the pleasure or the source of all the pleasure in that dog's life. But don't think that you can do it in, a, in quickly. And don't get into your dog's space. Try touch it because that's the last thing the dog wants to do. Sort of maintain a distance. Be, uh, allow the dog to come into your space so the dog doesn't feel pressurized by you going into the dog space. Um, and gradually give your dog delicious food. So the only time that hot dogs come, warmed up hot dogs come is through you. Um, you really try and build up this respect. If your dog loves games or balls or playing tug, play with it. You have to earn this dog's trust again, which you broke. This dog was scared of men. It wasn't scared of men to piss you off. It was scared of men for a valid reason, whatever that reason was before you got the dog. Or if something happened to the dog um, before this last incident, this dog was scared of you. And you just made it worse. So, buddy, you got to do a lot of work to regain this dog's trust. And you know what? Some dogs, you'll never get it back. And I don't think this guy's going to get back a hundred percent, but he can do a lot of work to try and get it back a little bit. Now for somebody who has adopted a dog, who's afraid of men or even kids, for instance, um, who didn't have an incident like this, but just you adopt a dog. And, you know, we, we, when we adopted our pit bull mix, we had a friend who would come over and she did not like anybody with a baseball cap for whatever reason. And we would say, can you take your hat off? And then she was fine, Mm -hmm. but she didn't like the baseball cap. So we figured we don't know where she came from. And so something may have happened. So if irrespective of this incident where he reinforced that, if you adopt a dog, that's afraid of a man, let's say, then should you have a guy in your life, whether, you know, if it's a husband, a boyfriend, a brother, a neighbor, do the same thing to build that trust as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think it's all about taking pressure off. So for example, don't keep going into the dog space, trying to get a relationship, trying to touch that dog. In fact, I remember when I used to even do do dog sitting, I remember there was a dog called um, Pirate who um, was terrified of everybody. And so uh, the person left this dog in my care and for nine hours I couldn't go get close to this dog. But I didn't try. I just, you know, I, I moved into the woman's apartment because that's what I used to do. And um, I, I just ignored Pirate. Mm-hmm. I ignored her. And nine hours later, so um, we didn't even go out for a walk. I just put a pad down for her to pee on. And uh, nine hours later, me just being there, hanging out, watching TV, um, giving her some nice food, throwing her a few treats. Nine hours later, I was in bed. She jumped up on the bed and she sat on my stomach. (laughs) She was like, all right. Yep. She's like, okay, you're cool. And the reason why is that I did not force myself upon her. I did not try and force a relationship. I did not go and bend over her and try and touch her. I respected her space. And she finally went, you're all right. You are. And she made her own decision about coming into my space. And all I did again, I didn't give a lot of petting or anything. I went, hey, pirate. Mm -hmm. Touched her once. That was it. And that was it. And then we were absolutely best friends. But that's what's needed. Time and patience and go easy. Take pressure off. It's kind of like if you're at a bar and you meet that annoying guy who tries to pick you up and they just push themselves on you and push them and you're just leave me alone, leave me alone. I want to, you know, it's the same thing. And, you know, with the whole making it up with the husband, I would liken that to what if your husband cheated on you? Would you just say, oh, okay, I know you made a mistake. Come back. No, you wouldn't trust him. Mm -hmm. You'd be putting him through the paces, having him make up 
what he did to see, are you really sorry? And would you do this again? Mm-hmm. Doc's doing the same thing. He's just as smart as you are. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they absolutely are. Mm-hmm. That's why I love doing what I do. Look, mm-hmm. these dogs, I mean, you know, it's a battle though, Holly. Sometimes, sometimes I'm exhausted because it's a battle trying to educate people about how incredible these animals are. And, you know, that's, it's really difficult to get it through to people mm-hmm. that we have to respect them. We have to understand them. We've got to understand them, the world from their point of view. And we got to try and make our communication much easier so that they can understand. We got to be less confusing. We mustn't be so violent towards these animals. We are breaking trust. We're breaking their respect. But you know, I just think we're getting more violent as a society. Right. And that's well, who's going to suffer? It's the females. It's the women. And it's the, it's the children. And it's the animals because it's the vulnerable ones that suffer. Wasn't there a quote that said something about you can judge a society by the way they treat their animals? Yes, there is. I think. Um, uh, do you know what? I was reading it it's today. It's a president. It's a somebody. Well, there was, was there a... was the, Gan- the Gandhi. The <laughs> Gandhi. Maybe it was Gandhi. Yeah, yeah, Gandhi did. Then there was another quote as well. It was very similar. You but it's really true. Can. It's really true. If you don't have respect for animals, you don't have respect for each other. And I tell my husband this all the time. I like animals better than people. So he better look out. He anyway. better. <laughs> well, Especially awesome. if you keep wearing those kind of dresses, my dear. You're hot. And Fantastic. he better be careful. Thank you. There you go. All right. So um, if you have any questions, um, feel free to send them. We love talking about it because you know what? I learn something all, every time um, to uh, pod, positively.com slash podcast. We'll answer any questions we can. Um, hopefully help you find a trainer near you from Victoria Stillwell Positively Dog Trainers. And uh, don't forget to check out eHow Pets. There's a new one up there. If you're in Atlanta, go eat pizza at Max's Coal Oven. Uh, sign up for the dog bite prevention. I think I'm summarizing everything. And don't forget, watch Hero Dog Awards November 8th on the Hallmark Channel. With that, we're going to be busy for the next couple of weeks. So... We are. And so, yeah, you might have to wait for another couple of weeks for the podcast, but it's all right. We're just, we're just out there getting more information, doing more crazy things. There's a lot to fill you in with. There's a lot for you to do in the meantime. So until then, we'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at It's Me or the Dog. This Positively podcast has been brought to you by Pets Ad Life, who encourage you to get a pal for your pet. Visit PetsAdLife.org or the Pets Ad Life Facebook page to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively.